I cried, bro, when I finished when I finished that. Like, yeah, and even like my sister was crying, my girlfriend was crying, and her parents were crying, and my best and my friends there were crying. I was just, yeah, bro. I looked back and thought, I remember when I was 182 kilos and could barely put my socks on in the morning, and you know, look what I can do, and you know, look what I did on that day. You know, well, it was no Olympic pace, but I crawled through it. Kyoto, that was Charles Amoamo. I'm Matt Raymond. And I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. We'd like to let you all know that Scott Running, and you can find them at scottrunning.nz on the internet, are in receipt of the mighty Super Track 3, which is the newest iteration of their gnarliest kind of trail work horse oh my goodness these shoes are incredible apparently they've uh, reinvented the upper so now they are they've got a mix of uh, ripstop nylon and thermoplastic polyurethanes i don't know what that means but apparently it means that the upper of the shoe is tougher um anyone who's run in the shoe knows that the outsole just sticks like glue to wet rocks mud gravel that just eats everything up they're just so fantastic we're stoked about it if you go to scottrunning.nz to check them out the super track three i rocked again my ultra spire vest at the weekend yes the zygos four the zygos four uh with my little phone pocket uh just keeps on trucking i cannot believe yeah. it Keeps Absolutely. Going. We're keenly awaiting the arrival of the Zygos 5. Apparently, that's on the way as well. But a Zygos 4 mm. from Ultraspire, just fantastic. Go to www.ultraspire.co.nz. And while we're here, we might as well talk about Further Faster, the best independently owned outdoor goods emporium in the known universe. Uh, go see Rocky, Badger, Jules, and the crew there. They will sort you out in Sydney, in Christchurch, and Wild things. Oh my goodness. Rob Bathgate at the helm. Amazing trail community. If you go to wildthings.club, DCR 2021 is the code. You'll get 15 months VIP membership for the price of 12. Access to the shop, the discounts, the whatever, the heck else they got going on there, peak bagging directories, and etc., etc., etc. Cheap boils. Do it. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go to further, faster now Go further, faster, they're in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go to further, faster now Dirtchurch Radio Episode 182 We... Blake, can you miss it? Yeah, we made it uh, what did a you week. hear the reference? Yeah, I did. I did. Thanks. Link to the nice, nice little music reference there. Uh, what a week it has been. I need to ask first up, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's busy. Uh, life is hard and I, I'm isolating I'm a household contact. Well, I'm sort of isolating. I'm going to work on COVID Island and then I'm coming back <laughs> to COVID to Island. COVID, <laughs> to COVID Island. Uh, and COVID is all around me, but that's fine. It could be like what this show will, this podcast will tell us, what your conversation with Charles Amo Amo would tell us is, and what 
life is telling us at the moment is that it could always be so much worse. Mm. So, yeah. Keep moving. Sucks balls, but I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah keep, keep moving forward. Um, look, talk about being all around you as well. Sam Harvey, we caught up last week with him, last person standing resident expert of the week. Um, he uh, got COVID last week. Um, so yeah, but in I typical, reckon COVID in t- probably got Sam Harvey actually, <laughs> not to be too flippant. <laughs> That's right. In typical Sam way, he said, "I'm kicking its ass," which I was like, "Yeah, I bet you are, champ." You're like, yeah, yeah. But that was, you know, um, look. I hope you're well soon, bro. But wasn't it great to catch up with him? Um, and heaps of really, heaps of really great feedback. Heaps of yeah. really good feedback. People who uh, reached out and um, I don't think it's and went. I thought he was always quite intense, mm. and he's actually kind of you know, no, yeah. he's actually kind of cool. But yeah. like, wow, that's yeah. cool. So yeah, fantastic. It was good to see that side of him. Um, yeah, you mentioned this week, Charles Amo Amo. Um, what a story! Um, he finishes first ultra in November, fifty kilometers, eleven hours twenty two minutes at the Valley Ultra, and you know it was tough, rain, cold, some decent hills, but he's tougher than all of that put together. Um, you know, at one point, Charles was 182 kilograms. He experienced anxiety. He had four toes amputated after a crush injury. So, yeah, he's been on our journey and we can't wait to bring you this conversation. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Stuff you should know. This isn't good news. Mm. For those of you who haven't heard on... Oh, thanks, Rigby. Thanks, Rigby. On Saturday morning... Kerry Suter, you know, he's effervescent. He is the man who brings you Kerry Suter's animal facts. Uh, hmm. He's a he's a Balthazar of champagne of a human being. Um, was out on mountain biking with friends when he had an accident. Ellie Pottinger, who's his partner, got a call at 9.18am, which, as she said, turned the world upside down. Um, Kerry, with Ali on board, of course, was flown to Auckland for emergency treatment. His temperature, blood pressure and heart rate were all over the show and he couldn't feel anything from the shoulders down. He was stabilised. He went in for surgery on Saturday night to fuse and plate his C5 and C6 vertebra and to relieve the compression on his spinal cord. So Ali, I mean, those of you who don't know, Ali and Kerry are behind Squad Run. They are internationally well yeah. known both their coaching and their race commentary here UTM, uh, UTMB um, U- UTA UT- mm. UTA sorry mm. brought to you by UTMB now mm. is it? yeah it is and um, the thought of you know carry off his feet for too long um, you know and, and facing down something really difficult is is, is awful and, and it puts life very much into perspective, eh? And mm, I sent mm. you sent me a text on Saturday, and you said, "Hey, look, this is what's happened." And uh, I said, "We've got two choices: you could either go to bits, or you can put your chin up and gut through it, which is what I'm sure Kerry would prefer to do." So, Ellie mm, mm. as well asks that we send our positive vibes, and please thank any medical professionals we know in our lives for the care they give uh, at this most challenging of time. Matt. So yeah, I thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Mm. She also time. asked that people... Mm, it's a very hard time. So she also asked that people support the first aid response in the Whakarewarewa Forest, who were able to get carried so quickly and to rescue helicopters who just do such a fine job around 
the country and you know we're sure that this is going to be a long hard road for Kerry and Ellie but you know by God if they fight this with half the determination and skill and pluck um, that they bring to life in normal circumstances I mean this injury doesn't have a chance yeah look on on Sunday afternoon I heard from Reese Johnson who was with Kerry when it happened um, along with Robbie Hammond and he wrote this, he said, I was with him by his side from the moment it happened until we could get him in an ambulance and then Ali took over being by his side. Kerry knew the instant he crashed on his mountain bike, the extremity of the situation. A fun ride, fun ride on a Saturday morning filled with laughter and joy had changed his life in the blink of an eye. While I held, he- while I held his head, still waiting for the first response that Robbie had called, he was still good old Kerry. He made a wee joke about ACC paying for a ramp to get into his house. As time moved on... And we were extracting him, extracting him from the forest, uh, the tray of the onto the tray of the Ute. He became scared. Uh, I could see it in his eyes. He wasn't saying much, but I'm scared. He would keep repeating. His skin and his face was changing colour. There was no more Kerry jokes or smiles, and I'm not sure if it was adrenaline wearing off or just reality setting in. I was holding him at his shoulders to keep him safe and let him know I was with him. I'm not even sure if he could feel my touch. I was trying to keep him reassured that we were doing all the correct steps and getting him to where he needed to be as safely and as fast as possible. He was still scared. We met the ambulance in the forest and transferred him into the back of it. It was at this point I knew I had to call Ellie with the facts of the situation. We'd given her the tamed down version as we knew she would feel helpless until she could be with him. My tears had started as the call was going through. She answered and the sound of her voice opened my floodgates. I'd held it together while with Kerry and now I couldn't get any words out only tears. She instantly replied with the same response. I eventually got out all the facts of the situation to her. It broke my heart to make that phone call, but I knew it had to be done. She understood what she was in for. I felt so wrong leaving his side without Ali being there at the time. I knew there was no more we could do for him. He was going to where he needed to be. I have so much love for those two and just wish I could do more. Please support these two incredible giving humans in any way you can. Kerry and Ali have travelled some tough trails in the past. Now they face their toughest. Please consider supporting them. Yeah. Uh, And I I messaged him and said, wow, (laughs) it's amazing. Um, And, you know, take care of himself because that would have been an incredibly frightening situation Mm. for for Reese and Robbie. Um, Yeah, and he said he just had, he didn't believe he had as many tears as he spilled over the weekend. Look, as Reese alluded to, there's a Give a Little page that's been set up to support them through Kerry's recovery. And we'll put that link in our show notes. Um, Look, I I just wanted to do something as a little nod to Kerry and to hopefully give him a little chuckle if he hears this. Um, A few weeks ago, it was was silly o'clock in the morning. I got a message on Facebook, ping, it was Kerry. And he was driving to Tongarero National Park with Reese for the epic mountain summit they completed, which you should check out if you haven't seen. Um, It's fair to say I was on the receiving end, quite rightly, of a Kerry bollocking. Um, They'd been listening to DCR and Kerry had heard me butchering the name of a race that is in a part of Australia that is dear to his heart. Andrew McDowell, you'll know where this is going. Um, Of course, Kerry was right. I shouldn't be butchering names like that, so I apologised. And, of course, Kerry and I were soon yakking back and forth on the messenger, laughing, and he was really looking forward to hitting the mountains with Reese. He called it a greatest run ever opportunity. Um, So, anyway, about that name. Kerry, in honour of you, here's the great Aussie champ Stephen Redfern saying it correctly. Mount Kosciuszko. Mount Kosciuszko. Kerry, I hope you enjoyed that. And to you and Ali, kia kaha, kia maya, kia manawanui, arahanui. I don't know what you find so hard about Kosciuszko. Um. <laughs> I do it just to annoy them. 
<laughs> right. Greatest Oh, that's uh, – I'm talking over this thing, but look, I had to have, have one of my Australian friends spell it out to me phonetically. But look, this isn't – your greatest run could be Kosciuszko. I mean, could be. It could not be, but it could – the greatest run ever I think it might have been Andrew McDowell's actually, but anyway, sorry. Kosciuszko. Yeah. What was it? Ah, Coast, Coast uh, the part of the sh- Cost, cost, yeah, Cosi Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the part of the show where we ask you to write into it us, tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. Might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason. Send it into us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Chris McDonald from Runners with Beards. I've been hesitant to share a story titled Greatest Run Ever because it feels like that's it. There can be no greater, no point in continuing, but a lot has changed for all of us in the last months, so I thought why not share my greatest run so far. As a a self-doubting, introverted A-type, I score well on the typical distance running bingo card, frequently questioning my self-worth, loving running, not loving running, overdoing it, quitting in disgust, trying to find my place in the world, and never quite working it out. My motivation for running is often all over the show, ranging from guilt for being lazy, the promise that the upcoming race will be easier, or just to keep some sort of mental balance. Despite this weird love-loathe relationship, if I'm forced to stop running because of an injury, the frustration and self-blame crank into gear. I was sipping this cocktail of discontent in May 2021 after what seemed like a revolving door at the physio. One niggly injury after another. I was expecting to see my photo on the wall with the caption patient of the month at one point. Rewind a few months earlier and the family and I are signing up for the possum night run in Topo. This was going to be a fun event where I could do the, go after the 21k and they would meet me at the end after completing the 5k, their first ever run. Under, running event, I should say. Under normal circumstances, the 21k is a sweet spot. I could push it with a bit of speed or sit back and cruise. Either way, 21 kilometers would normally be a fun night out. But with the constant pain leading up to the event and twice weekly physio visits, going into the event weekend, I was pretty dark about the entire thing. We arrived early and got checked in. With only a few runners arriving before us, I waited until no one else was around as a witness and approached the registration desk to start the humbling process of changing it down to the 12k event. This was my first opportunity to practice the line of, yeah, I'd normally do the 21, but my physio said no. I would use a variation of this line countless more times between then and the start of the race to explain away my shame. Everywhere I looked, I saw the 21k bib colours, but when I looked down at my similarly coloured bib, someone had actually written, I'm a loser with a sharpie. It actually just said 12k, but it might as well said, he wasn't good enough. At the start line, drizzling with the promise of rain, I said goodbye to my family and went to be grumpy and sullen by myself. I stood in the crowd of 12k runners with my bib of shame, still apprehensive because any time I'd run over 5k's in the preceding weeks had ended in tears. Kerry Suter, in a chicken suit, of course, <laughs> set up the starting waves. The 21k group stepped up and Kerry commented, if you don't know what dirt church is, if you know what dirt church is, this is probably the way for you. My heart sank even lower. Those Ah, my people over there, really they are, really I belong. Eventually, we get to the second or third 12k wave and off we went for what would no doubt be the bonking icing on the failure cake. I set out tentatively, lots of congestion in places provided a good excuse not to push too hard. And before long, the familiar niggle arrived on cue. Great, just like before. But unlike the weeks before, it didn't progress past a niggle this time. By the time I got to the final 1k mark, I gingerly picked up the pace down the track, pushing women and children out of the way. For the record, I only did that once, and it was technically an accident. Coming through the tunnel, I resisted the temptation of the sprint finish for the crowd and cameras. By that time, my ego did not matter, because somewhere along the 12k trail, running changed, I changed, at least for that night. I came across the finish line with tears streaming out loud, I can run again. 
I found the kids and wife who had all finished their first 5k run and our first ever combined family running event was complete. Luckily it was raining, so I didn't have to explain the tears. My greatest run ever reminded me about why I run, it connected me with my family and it humbled me and it created a memory that gives me hope when I'm mentally or physically not at my best. Wow, thanks Chris. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And amazing the little... Yeah. Um, Kerry Suter. Absolutely. That's just totally random. Um, he's everywhere this week. He is. Another one for you, Kerry. Um, but thank you, Chris. Uh, really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, we don't have to run 21K to prove anything to ourselves, do we? You know. Not at all. Right. On to our guest, Charles Amo. Amo. Uh, Charles is an ultramarathon runner. But he's so, so much more than that. Um, inspiration is a word we use really loosely. Um, I think we need to say no more, and you just need to listen to this conversation. Charles Tenakwe, and uh, welcome to Dirt Church Radio. Uh, true, bro. Oh, good to have you here. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're, you're tuning in from um, Queenstown. Which is home yep, at the moment, yep. but but it's not it's not yep. it's not home home. Where's home? No, um, um, I'm um, born in in Napolski, the mm-hmm. Bay of Plenty, East Coast Bay of Plenty. Yeah, yeah. So I call that home. But uh, yeah, down here, having yeah. a blast. Yeah. How long have you been in, in Queenstown? Um, three years now, bro. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, good hills to run in. Oh. <laughs> they make you tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some good hills around Aporski as well. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. There is some in the back country, but man, it's rough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. pushing up through some rough bush through there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I wonder, should we start start at the beginning and just do you want to tell us a little bit about like where you grew up and. You know, um, your first first steps, as it were, in life. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I was born in Aporski, and then um, my mum and dad moved down to Tiano, down in um, two hours drive from Queenstown. Mm-hmm. So I was um, brought up down there for a little while, and then um, he had a bit of a oh, – then my parents split up, and – and my mum was looking after us in you know, pretty rough times, you know. Mm. But uh, so my uh, yeah, my grandparents actually came down to get me before I went into um, you know welfare care back then. So yep. yes, yeah. I ended up living with them from well, I don't even know the age, but I might have been about four or five when I went into their care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was mean. Yeah, it was awesome. Grandparents yeah. are awesome, you know. <laughs> Yeah, then uh, grew up there for a little, uh, when I was a little fellow in Aportski. Then, uh, yeah, just drifted around after that. Went to Wellington, lived with my sister there for a little bit. Then um, lived with my auntie and uncle and then ended up going back up to the Bay of Plenty in my teens. And, yeah, started doing mahi in the forestry and stuff like that. And then ended up in Australia for 10 years, 10, 11 years. Oh, really? Before, yeah, yeah. Went over, went over to Western Australia, 
But when I went over there, I was about 175 kilos or something like that. And then, um, I, well, while I was in Australia, I um, found CrossFit Pro and yeah. got into that and then, yeah, dropped some kilos while I was over there, got down to 110. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then, yes, no, Australia was good for me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Time over there, Western Australia. Yeah, well, we were you on in the mines or? Oh, no, I worked for a mining company that did everything, like built built stuff on the mines, but oh, we yeah. weren't in the mines. So we ended up going. You ended up going over to Pilbara Iron, but I never bothered. So, mm, mm. yeah, so, just stayed locally. Yeah, yeah, and so CrossFit was was a good way to get get fit and and drop some weight as well. Yeah, yeah, For I you. got uh, from one seventy five. I well, you know, when you're training, you decide to eat eat better. And I was a smoker. I smoke ah, pack of twenty fives, easy. When he reads in a day, drank. Man, loved the alcohol. Just yeah. But then when I started training, I realised, oh shit, if I want to get better at this, I had to give up smoking. And then so I gave up smoking, but I had to give up dr- pretty much drinking as well because they were married together, those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't give up smoking if I was still drinking. So I ended up giving up that and then, then eating clean, just, yeah. Yeah. Close to, well, it was a close to paleo diet kind of a thing I was on. And then, yeah. Yeah, then CrossFit and got down to 110, 110 kilos, so I was pretty – Pretty lean. With that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 pretty lean. Yeah. But I also had a halfway through that, I ended up having um, a crush injury at work and a one and a half ton steel beam dropped on my foot and crushed crushed all my toes except for the small one. So I ended up having that amputated. So I lost four toes on my right foot. Holy moly. So when, how long ago was that? Um, Oh, I think it might have been 2012 mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was while you were doing the CrossFit? Um, no, just before CrossFit. Oh, okay. That happened before oh, CrossFit, wow. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, well, painful for one thing, but also what does that do for you, like your balance and stuff? Yeah, shit for running up hills, eh? <laughs> 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 yeah, nuts uh, and uh, – yeah, it gets achy and sore after a while, and you hit like sharp rocks and stuff. Yeah, no, everything, and it's changed the way I walk, and so I have a lot of hip problems, and, and yeah, I walk funny, and, and uh, like uh, the longer you go out there, the things start to mm. pack in, mm. <laughs> like in the hips mm. and the glutes. But mm. yeah, 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 I, yeah, it changed quite a lot of my. The way I do things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you know you don't you don't even think of your toes normally, do you? But they're doing so much work. Yeah, and when, and when you don't have them, you know about it. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're going uphill, mm. and it changed the um, when I had the surgery. They yeah, they did something with my ankle as well, so it doesn't move. Oh, it doesn't have the same. Um, I don't know what do you call it flexibility or. Yeah, flexibility anymore. So it's a, like when you're scrambling up steep stuff, it's real. It's mm. a bit hard for me, and I don't mm. have those toes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. But it was after that that you started the the CrossFit. 
So what what made you yeah. what made you do that? Um, I just got sick of being big, bro, and I just wasn't living really. Yeah, eh? yeah. you're just existing. Um, yeah, I don't know, just probably a little bit depressed and thought, of, oh, no. this is no life. Mm. Yeah, mm. I had to change something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and started, it was, started to move. Yeah, started to move, bro. Yeah, yeah. And and when when did you come home or come back to come back this side of the Tasman? Um, two thousand and fifteen. Mm-hmm. I ended up coming home. Yeah, yeah. I think it was two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, because my dad passed away. Right. I come home for my dad's tangy. Yeah. And I thought, oh. I mean, I've always, I was always homesick in Australia. Yeah. It was a weird thing. I mean, many Kiwis will know that when you're away from home. Mm. And, um, but that was, I think that for me, that was the last straw when I came home, went to the Tangi and reconnected with a lot of my whanau on my dad's side of the family. Yeah. And yeah, and just, yeah, it really made me want to come home. So, I was quite lucky we were going through a few redundancies at work, so I stuck my hand up for voluntary redundancy at Mahi. Mm-hmm. And they weren't going to give it to me, but I pleaded my case. Yeah. <laughs> so they ended up giving it to me under uh, under compassion yeah. reason. Yeah, so I was quite lucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I come home. I coming home was different, bro. There was a different. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot was, changes in 10 years. Yeah, oh, bro, it was, yeah, yeah, it was a different place, a eh? different world. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Like it was it was good, but I don't know. Yeah. Small towns have changed a little bit. Yeah. Did you go back to Oporsky? Yeah. No, I went back to uh, Kawaro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I kicked around in Kawaro for many years, so yeah. I went back there and I got my mother – my mother's side of the whānau and my sister, they live in Tateko. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah. Texas. Yeah, Texas. Texas. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah. I stayed there and got some mahi there in the yeah. in the sawmill. Yeah. Yeah. And um, nah, things had changed, bro. I don't know what it, it was. Just freaky. Yeah. It was. Yeah, a lot of drugs and sh- bullshit like that, and yeah, yeah, and just a lot of negativity too, bro. I found, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know if that's yeah. I don't know if that's just me, what I felt, or mm. But, mm, I just. I mean, there were good, there were good um, parts in there. Like I ended up um, training with um, Brad Cora from LAB. Is mm-hmm. um. At his gym, Fakatani MMA. Yeah. Just doing the box fit and the exercise classes. That was cool, like just really good bunch of people and CrossFit Fakatani. I'll give a shout out to CrossFit Fakatani. <laughs> spent a, spent a, a bit of a lag there with them. So then they were awesome. So there was awesome things. Yeah. But there was also a lot of negativity that I that I probably wasn't used to in the ten years I spent in Australia. Like mm. especially surrounding myself around the environment I was in Australia, you know, like it was just all positive, you know, eating well, moving, just, mm. you know, and, and um, supporting people, especially in the CrossFit community. Mm. They were awesome, you know, like 
Even if you couldn't even run, I remember I couldn't even run 400 meters do the warm up, bro. But people were cheering you on, hey, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I sort of missed that community vibe when yeah. I come home, and yeah, it was a little bit of a definitely it's, found it at Whakatane MMA and yeah. Stuff. And it's easy. It's I mean. You can find yourself drawn into that kind of thinking and 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 things, can't you? It's I mean that's kind of yeah, the yeah, easy yeah. thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You end up you end up getting sucked into it, and next mm. minute, like every all the rest of the negativity, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I and it, it could tell on me too because I blew up to 182 kilos when I got back. Wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that's something else, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised, like, I could even go to work, bro. Or, yeah. Like, no one would understand, like, what it is like in the morning to try and put socks on at 182 kilos, bro, unless you're being big, eh? Like, it was like an Olympic event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Everything exponentially becomes harder, doesn't it? Everything becomes – the hard things become even harder. Oh, easy yeah. things become hard and – and it yeah. just can gets can get into a, a, a spiral, I suppose. Yeah, bro. Like, man, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you've said, um, I've seen you say on social media, "Don't ever think it's impossible." Small steps take you up your mountain. You know, yeah. at one hundred and eighty-two kilograms, you, you know, you you had a big big mountain, and and I think you've said, you know, you weren't in the best frame of mind either. So you had no, a you had a big no. mountain to climb. Um, yeah. Can you take us back to to that moment and and you know what what you were going through and what made you change? Yeah, um, just eating shit and not doing anything, Cabra, like pies and donuts and stuff. But I, um, I think the big crunch, and I knew I was unhappy. Like you know, you just build this prison that you get stuck in, and mm-hmm. you're just lying on your bed watching Netflix and just eating rubbish all the time because you just you know, I don't know, you're just stuck in a rut. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you're not living at all. It's, it's, yeah. But it was, I think, the, and I knew I was unhappy, definitely unhappy. And, but it was my sister. Mm-hmm. She said to me that um, she didn't want to put me in a pine box. You know, mm. she didn't want to, yeah. And that sort of, yeah, click something, mm-hmm. something in there, you know, like it was already moving. Yeah. But that sort of moved the, moved the, moved the needle in the right direction even more. And I thought I got to do something, you know, yeah. like this is bullshit. Yeah. 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 So and that I, started it. Yeah. And I guess because you had come from, you know, a couple of years earlier, you were 110 kilos and, and strong and yeah. fit and healthy. So I guess. I guess that must have helped you realize that, or did it help you realize that it was possible, or did it feel a long way away? Yeah, it actually, in some parts of that, bro, it probably felt even further away because I knew right. what, how I used to move before, and, and, right. and then I'd go, like, I, I went back to CrossFit and I was like, holy shit, I can't even jump on the rower. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm getting cramps just rowing. And, yeah. I knew I could. I used to be able to go hard out before. I mean, I'd never ever make it to the uh, CrossFit Games, but I used to lay it all out when I was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then that was yeah, that was hard. 
that, mm. that was really hard to actually move in a body that didn't want to move and I knew what it was capable of before mm. that, yeah. mm. so your mind's up here mm. your body's going nah and nah, you've got that battle nah bro mm. no, yeah, nah mm. bro you've got some you got to move some timber first before you start <laughs> trying to do other stuff yeah. and then like and my body was never probably yeah I think what am I trying to say so like all that sitting around and all that weight Man, it did some damage to my body, bro. Like, mm. like I can't. I probably, I can't squat heavy anymore because my knees are nice. wrecked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like in my hip flexors are really tight. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, just because mm. you've been carrying all that weight, you've been, yeah. you've been, you've been carrying weights. Yeah, all that. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. Time. Yeah. So, of course, it has a. Of course, it has an impact. Yeah, what, what? Um, so was the what was the? Do you remember the first thing you did to get moving again? Yeah, I actually i seen i seen a post from my one of my old CrossFit coaches in Australia, and mm-hmm. he was doing a deal and he would coach, you know, online coaching. So I, I jumped on that mm-hmm. and um, yeah, did a little bit of that in the gym and then joined a small CrossFit kind of group in, in um, Kowado, did that for a little bit, but then I switched over to CrossFit for the time mm-hmm. and, that, yeah, and that's when I really got into it. And, mm-hmm. But I was still... I was exercising, but I was still struggling with the eating side of things. Yeah, that took that took a real long time to mm-hmm. sort out. Well, it probably wasn't until I ended up going to Fakatani MMA, and then one of the coaches there he he was running like a six week, um, you know, get in shape, nutrition, um, yeah, 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 nutrition kind of thing. So I jumped on board there, and that's when it really started to move. Yeah, yeah, and then. And then my cousin down here in Queenstown, she said, oh, why don't you – because she knew I was unhappy in the bay and in my job and in, in the sawmill, I was unhappy there. And she said, oh, why don't you come down here to Queenstown and give it a go? And I always thought, I'm never going back to uh, mm-hmm. um, the South Island, South. you know. Yeah. yeah, I never thought I'd come back. And I thought about it, and I went, oh, yeah, okay. So I looked online on Trade Me Jobs. Yeah. And I, I was just looking for a job to come down to so I could do, you know, just so I could start work straight away. And I got this job at Millbrook Resort on the golf course. Yeah. And then uh, and I thought, holy shit. You know, because I was still quite big. I was probably around 160. Mm-hmm. And I dropped it 20 kilos, and I was sitting probably around 160. And I thought, holy shit. Even at one sixty, I'm pretty big. I don't think I'll fit in one of the on one of the mowers, and then like, that that kicked me into gear even more to drop some more weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the things that motivate you, eh? <laughs> yeah, bro. Like it was funny. Like oh, there was a big thing. Oh, I need to fit in a mower. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting getting down to Queenstown, did that change things for you in terms of that kind of the attitude stuff as well that you're talking about? Oh yeah, they're like the 
the vibe down here is unreal, bro. You know, like yeah. it's uh, I don't know. Everyone's a lot of people that come here. Uh, uh, look, I don't know. They're yeah, they're on a journey, eh, bro. You know, like yeah. finding themselves, or and everyone down down here is into something. You know, like. I don't know, paragliding or kayaking or multi-sports or running, you know. I only got into running down here. Yeah. And, you know, like, and everyone tries to keep fitting the outdoorsy and I just sort of jumped on the bandwagon, you know. Yeah. I met I met this guy, Connor Hardy. He's my bro. And uh, that was at Millbrook when I started at Millbrook. I joined up at a gym straight away, industrial fitness down on Gorge Road. Road. And then um, – Connor seen me join up. He was there, and then he seen me at Millbrook, and he was going, "Hey, he's an English lad." Yeah, and um, yeah, and then we became really good friends. And I found out that he runs ridiculous. You know, like I never heard of like people running fifty k's, a hundred k's up up mountains, bro. I was like, "Hey, do you do that, bro?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, wow, do you think I could give that a go, bro? You think I could do that?" And he goes, and he said, "Yeah." could do it you just need to do a little bit of training and then yeah you take me up for little runs around i think my my first sort of basic trail was going up um we were meant to go to ben lomel i i was in no shape to get up there bro <laughs> I, I, I didn't even make it to the saddle <laughs> but I, I, I didn't even run i just walked yeah 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 now the vibe down here is wicked bro yeah. everyone i don't know i don't yeah. know everyone's just yeah, you like you, you say Kelda, people will say Kelda back to you. No yeah. one's got an attitude, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's good. That's good. Yeah. So so the, that first run, it wasn't enough to put you off. You you had another go. Yeah, yeah, no, no, never put me off, bro. Like uh yeah, I just and then you know, I just used to, I just started going out on my own, finding little trails and asking people where to go, you know, and then just Ticked away at that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, nah, and did you enjoy it? I mean, it's there's one there's one thing to to run, but did you actually enjoy it? Yeah, I I enjoyed being out in the uh, out in the natural world. Eh, mm-hmm. that was my big big thing, bro. Like, I never enjoy running. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I I don't mind it, but it's yeah. it's been. Uh, yeah, the trail was the trail is beautiful, eh, bro? And like, I never knew trail running was a thing, but I just thought people ran on roads and stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then when I did a, tra- I can't remember what trail it was. It might have been saw pit or something. I mean, every corner there was something different, and the terrain changed. It was just, I don't know, it was unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess back in the back in the trees, like in your forestry days. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just not cutting them down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so nah, that, yeah, I love being out in the trees. That yeah. Is yeah. Stunning. Yeah. I, and, and Queenstown, I mean, there's just so many beautiful trails to run. And, oh, yeah. Mm. And you're, you're spoiled for options over yeah, here. Yeah. So, November 2020, you lined up in the Valley Ultra for, for the Piglet, the, the 24. Yeah, the Piglet, bro. So, ah. what? Was that your first race? That was my first ever, ever running event. Yeah. Tell tell me about ever. that. Yes. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah well, that, once again, it was through Connor. He, um, I don't know. I, see, I, I asked him if I, you know, if, he, if I think I should join into a running event. You know, I'd like to train for a running event. And he goes, sweet as, you know, like, and so he started coaching me. And then he said, oh, I've got this event because he, he was doing the full full hog. I said, oh, I've got this event. You can do the 24. And he know, you sure, bro? And he goes, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. I'll train you up. Yeah. Yeah, and then that was the beginning of that, bro. Just How, how far were you running oh. at the time when, he, when you signed up for the 24? Oh, not far, bro. Like I wasn't doing any, you know, like 7Ks was a big run for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then – and then I don't know if you can call what I do running. Of course it is. Of course it <laughs> is. It's more like a slow shuffle, but I'll, I'll, I'll move. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think about 7Ks was the longest. Yeah. Or and so then now, you've, now you've signed up for 24. So how was the training? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was consistent. Hey, yeah. bro? Like, and there was heaps of little things that I didn't, you know, like mobility stretching and then strength and conditioning and sort of running was the easiest thing to do. Mm. It was all the little things and and learning to breathe and so oh my god <laughs> it was intense bro. Running I actually I like I couldn't wait for the running part because that was the easiest thing to do. <laughs> so lucky I find the stretching and the mobility really boring, but it's such a huge part, eh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then race day comes around. What was that like? Oh, I was nervous as shit, bro. Like, oh, my God. And then, yeah, even not the drive up there, I was pretty nervous and I had heaps of doubts. I was like, oh, I just, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But and then even when we got there and we set up camp and then you see all the people walk around and it's like, holy shit, there's some oh, these gear these guys got all the gear and everyone looks like lean athletes and like, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. But it was a it was a good time. Yeah. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah, it can be so I mean, when you've been to a few races it just becomes a bit normal, but it's quite an alien environment hey it's quite strange like you say people with gear and you've got to go through all these procedures and stuff and i sometimes think like if you're not familiar with it it must seem quite i don't know not frightening but maybe it is frightening i don't know but quite quite confronting yeah yeah really overwhelming bro like even Mm. like i freaked me out i had to wear a vest and mandatory gear you know, like even and then people had to check their gear to make sure you had the right stuff and yeah. So, oh, bro, I was shit in my pants. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the, the community is unreal. Trail yeah. running community is, I don't know, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So the run itself, how did it go? The twenty-four long. Yeah, yeah, it was a long run for me, bro. Um, it was nice though. The trail was nice. Like, yeah, like you get in, you, know, you obviously run out of the, 
you run out of the village, but then you hit the trees straight away and you're up in there and you're climbing for a bit. Then you get to some tussocky bits and run through a bit of Awa River and rocky bits. And I was stunning. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was hard for me though, bro, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was really good. And yeah. Yeah. And then at, uh, at some point you decided you're going to come back and do the, the full hulk, the 50K. What what made you think that? What made you decide to do that? I think I'm a little bit crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I was probably yeah, after the 24, I sort of like – didn't, I wasn't really doing anything after that. I stopped. I was doing a little bit of boxing while I was training for that 24, so I stopped doing that, stopped running for a little bit. So I was just looking for something to like train for and um, aim a little bit higher. Mm. And, yeah, so I just so I thought, bugger, I should go back and try and do the full one. and Because like, I think that was what I always wanted to do was like do a, a, a ultra distance, see if yeah. I could crawl my way through it and yeah. however I needed to get through it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I just so I, yeah, I decided to sign up for it and yeah. give it a go. And I mean, was that so uh, just, you've decided to do it, but then you've got to do, do the mahi, you've got to do the work to get it done. So, how, how was that process? Did you? How did the training um, go? That was that was super intense. I ended up getting um, oh, I ended up getting a um, Adam Keane as my coach. Yeah, that was and that changed again because like he, you know, like I had to get a watch and I was never I never used a watch before, and I had to use Strava so he could see all my runs and see what I was doing. So it really it changed heaps, bro. Like yeah. And then learning to eat on the run and make sure – like it was really intense um, Adam as my trainer. I wasn't used to that level of like, oh, shit, this is serious. This is – I have to really watch what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, like he sees me on Strava all the time if I'm doing the right things. And, yeah, and then just stuff like um, running for time and then – out and back pacing and sprints in between. Oh, bro, it was hectic. It was he- I was running <laughs> pretty much training every day close to it. Like even your recovery days was a light something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just like I could go on the couch and just. <laughs> 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 oh. I'm saying that I was, I, I, I was not the greatest student to have like. Yeah, I could have done things so much better, but I mucked around a bit, and yeah, yeah. But but you got to race day again, and and you yep. lined up for that. Um, I saw you write that there were moments when you thought you wouldn't make it. So tell tell us about that race and and what it took to get through it. Yeah, even um, I was so nervous. My girlfriend was watching me. I was just walking around like a headless chook. Yeah. Just, yeah, I wasn't talking to anyone in the house. I was just, man, the nerves were high. And then, and it was, 
pissing down like the weather was a tr- it snowed in the end I think up in the tops because they cut the course down it was meant to be 58 but they cut it down to 49 or something like that yeah and um bro just I got when I stood on this on the start line and I just went shit like it was even worse when than the 24 just like everyone here was a serious looking athlete and I went I made a bit of a bit more than I could chew here, but I just like I don't like. I think I got a bit of grip. Like I can, if if worse comes to worse, I can just grip my way through stuff. Yeah, and just hang on with tooth and nail. <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah, then we started, bro, and I and it was hard from the get go. And yeah, there was there was a few times there where I. You know, like, I don't know, that little voice inside you just tells you, eh? like, I got really tired, got a bit woozy there, and then I was, you know, that little voice inside me was, just sit down, just mm-hmm. right over there, just sit there, like, let the clock run out. If you don't make the next checkpoint, you get to ride home in a car. You know, that's what my – and I didn't um, – I can't even tell you what made me just say no or just carry on. I just didn't listen to it in the end and just kept putting one foot in front of the other, just kept moving. But it's crazy what you tell yourself, eh, you know, when mm. – it's crazy. And there was a few times like that. There was a few times when I just slowed slow right down so you, you don't make – you know, you don't make the cutoff. Mm. And then you get, you get to ride home, mm. uh, and that that way it's like then, I guess you can, can you could have convinced yourself that oh well it was the it wasn't me it was the timing yeah exactly bro I didn't fail I yeah. just yeah 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 but but something inside you told you to keep going yeah I don't know yeah I can't tell you what it was bro just just keep moving just mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just like just kept putting one foot in front of the other, even when I was dead on my feet. Bro, like I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. Because you had the the Taylor and Charlies um, were were kind of helping you, or they were they were on your tail. Yeah, no, they were they. You know, like to the you know big shout out to shout out to those guys. They you know like they they. You know, they they were there for me quite a lot of the time. You know, yeah. when they weren't doing their own things, they were always there. Come on, bro, just keep moving, keep moving, yeah, keep moving. And uh, I can't remember his name, but he he was ex SAS, and he was going, "How you feeling, bro? How you doing?" And I went, "Oh, my mind's telling me to stop and uh, give up." And he goes, "Well, tell it." Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, oh. Trip, bro. <laughs> just keep moving. <laughs> no, they were they were awesome, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they definitely got me way, got me through quite a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. And then I've seen the video of you finishing, and um, yeah, it looks like you don't even want to stop once you cross the finish line. You keep going. <laughs> I think my girlfriend and and my sister, my sister's the one screaming. Oh, is that your sister? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, they said when they looked at me, there was no one home. <laughs> <It> was, 
<laughs> I might have been just I might have just trying to run right through the thing. I don't know. <laughs> what? No, but they, they, the, the boys did say they said, "Watch this, you'll end up getting um, finish line energy." And yeah. sure enough, yeah, yeah, get a bit of pace on. What? Yeah. I mean, when you look back and you think, you know, not that long ago, you didn't even know that there was a thing called, you know, ultra running or trail running yeah. like that. And here you are finishing 50K. Do you, do you look back and go, whoa, I've come a long way? Yeah, some day, you know, like I still have those insecurities, Nate, you know, like, mm. but yeah, like that's, I cried, bro, when I finished, when I finished that. Like, yeah, and even, like my sister was crying, my girlfriend was crying, and her parents were crying, and my best, and my friends there were crying. I was just, yeah, bro, I looked back and thought, I remember when I was 182 kilos and could barely put my socks on in the morning and, you know, look what I can do and, you know, mm. look what I did on that day, you know. It was no Olympic pace, but I crawled through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's good. And, and you kind of need to look on those moments, don't you, to, to – it's good to reflect on how far you've come. Yeah, definitely. Like it's one thing I had to learn. And I'm still trying to learn it, like, is um, give yourself a pat on the back, mm. you know, like, because it was quite easy for me to say, didn't do it fast enough. Because mm. I, I I had a big, that was one of my hang-ups was not being a fast runner. Mm. And I would never run with people because I was, I was always um, scared that I wasn't fast enough, mm. you know, like, what would they think that I don't run fast so I, I very rarely did I run with people. Mm, mm. Yeah, you just. But yeah, I guess we all have our our kind of our insecurities and and get a bit fuckama and just sort of yeah, bro. Um, we we compare ourselves to other people, don't we? No matter no matter oh. where you are. Yeah, no, definitely. But that's a big thing for me is always comparing myself to other people. Mm. And you know, in the trail community, so far what I've seen is no one cares. Eh? But people give me high fives. And they don't care how I look, you know, because like, yeah. I don't look like your typical runner. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah. that's the thing. Everyone celebrates it, don't they? I mean, you you probably got yeah. more of a cheer coming in, and you know, you know, people people are happy. It does seem like the community where where everyone's happy for each other. It doesn't seem to be the kind of. Um, I don't know. Oh, what time did you do? You know, no one yeah, really cares. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was when I was running, and um, one of the guys he must have been in the twenty-four k, <clears throat> and one of the tail tail end Charlies was going to me. He was talking to me about, oh, bro, you need to get start running with poles because I've never run with poles. He said, oh, they they'll change things for you. And as he said that, a guy with poles ran past and he, he just spun around. He didn't even know who I was, bro. He just spun around and said, oh, bro, you want my poles? And that blew me away, eh, bro? Because like, I know they're expensive, but mm. he didn't give a shit. He just like, do you want my poles, bro? And I, oh, I was too fucking mild. I went, oh, no, 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 I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, that stuff blows me away. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I love it up there. Yeah. yeah people I'm, doing it. It's it's the thing, isn't it? You just go and do it, and you find your own challenges and stuff. Have you yeah. got Have you got another challenge in mind? Um, 
yeah, there's one floating around in the back of my head, eh? You know, like I I would like to go and do a fifty in um, Tarawera, yeah, in my own backyard somewhere. You know, like yeah, I'd like to go do that. Yeah, yeah. But even go back to Craigieburn, I quite like it there. So yeah. But whether I do another fifty or a twenty-four, I'm not too sure at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few. Yeah, that would be pretty special to go and run in your old in in your backyard at Tarawera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've run the I've run the 100k from Kawaro to Rotorua and from Rotorua to to Kawaro. and it's pretty special. Oh pretty special running through there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful part of the world. It is like oh, oh man, but it would mean so much to you to be able to do it. Yeah, no, it would it would mean heaps for me to do it uh, on mm. the North Island? Yeah, mm. Mm. I'll have to look into that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you you've talked about how um, one of the reasons you do it is is for for mental health, in particular Māori mental health. Um, yeah. What what what's you know what what and that's is that part of your part of your mahi now? Is part of your work now as well? No, 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 I'm not doing anything with mental health okay. at the moment, but it's something something I would definitely like to get into. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, you know, like myself, I experience anxiety and understand what it's like to get overwhelmed and you freak out and yeah. you know, you, and then your brain starts dumping chemicals into your body, you know, like adrenaline and cortisol and – yeah. All that stuff, and then you just go into the fight or flight mode. So I understand what that's like, and it sucks, eh? but you know. Mm. <clears throat> so I'd like to, mm. definitely would like to do something in those lines as a career. Yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, you're kind of, I guess, part of what you're doing is setting an example um, in, in doing what you're doing and, and, and pushing yourself and, 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 um, and achieving these things and ticking them off. Um, what what do you say to what would you say to someone who is, you know, that in that position where you were? Not even even not even just physically, but but mentally as well, feeling feeling, you know, depressed and anxious and, and like they don't you know like I think you said not not even living, just existing. What do you, what do you yeah. say to people in those positions? Yeah, there's light on the other side, eh, bro, you know, like if you're if you can get there, it's, I mean, it's not easy. Mm. I don't even, I don't know. Mental health is such a hard thing, but you know, I'm finding with myself that eating well and exercise and being on the outdoors helps me quite a lot. Like just being in the trees calms me down, mm. keeps me grounded. But yeah, just I don't know. Try something, you know. Mm. Mm. Your movement, oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's a hard one, but I don't know what I'd say. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess like you, like you said, for you, it's been about getting getting moving. It, and it, yeah. And it doesn't have to be a long – you don't have to run 150K. No. You can just just get out to your letterbox initially or something, can't you? You know, it's yeah. like taking those first steps, I suppose, is the most important. Definitely, bro. Yeah, just yeah. Take the first steps in any direction. Just, just take them. Because mm. if you stay where you are, 
you're just going to suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess if you're not if you're not taking those steps, then you're not going to be thinking back to that trail run that you described where around every corner you saw something different. So if you yeah. get moving, you're going to discover things and, and discover adventure. Yeah, yeah bro. You, you, you'll definitely find adventure. And the longer you're out there, it's freaky. Like the longer you're out there, the less noise. You start burning through all the noise, you know, like that's the chatter in your head or uh, you just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Cal- calming, isn't it? It can be, it can yeah. be calming. Yeah. 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 But it takes courage. Just, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, no, nah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was going to say, you know, like you've got to have the courage to take those first steps, but you, you know, you can do it. Like you can do it. Like, yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, there's no way I ever thought that I'd sign up for any kind of running event, let alone a 58K event, you know, like, even though I didn't do 58Ks, but even just signing up for that craziness. <laughs> like, and quite a few guys at work asked me and they said, so you actually paid to go into that race? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, yeah. And they said, how much was it? And I, went, I don't know, it was 200 and something. They said, that's crazy in itself. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it can seem crazy, but, but we do it, don't we? Because we love it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um, uh, what what can, how can we make it easier for people to get involved? How can we make it easier for people to to come in and discover that it's okay? Because it can be quite daunting from the outside. Yeah, um, but it's up to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. They do a pretty good job, um, most trail runners, eh? You know, like, what can we do? What can we do? Such a niche thing, though, eh? Like, needs, yeah, you don't get the same, um, like the Queenstown Marathon or something like that, where yeah. it's huge. So yeah. People come and do that because it's such a big thing, you know, like, and they turn it into a, holiday weekend, but we don't really have that in the trail community, do we? Or mm. far, far from Tarawira, I suppose. But Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. You get, well, races like Kepler down in Tiano, I suppose. Yeah. But, but um, it's hard to get into those ones, though. Like, they yeah. get sold out pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, but it's it's good when you're in. <laughs> But it's but it's letting, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. letting people know that it's okay, it's safe, it, you'll be okay. Yeah, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You come in, you'll be welcome. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah that's what. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you don't have to be the typical. I think that's why I do it too sometimes because I'm not your typical looking runner. Yep. So I do these, and I, some of us for to be a, like a role model to some of my whanau back yep. home or and cousins and, and little nephews and stuff coming up. Like, oh, shit, uncle or father, cousin can do it. Look at him. Mm. Like, oh, I remember when he was just eating pies and donuts and watching Netflix on the couch and never went out. Mm. And then he was going fishing, you know. Mm. Mm. So it makes it relatable. 
it, yeah. it, you're, you're someone that they know and they can they can see yeah, oh well they, oh, they, oh he can do it then it relates to me yeah. I can I can do it too yeah 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 it's so important isn't it as a as a role model um, to be able to to do that as well yeah yeah especially being Maori I think mm. it's uh, oh, you know not just but it's it is it is nice to be Maori and mm-hmm. a role model at the same time to. Mm. To the younger people, and mm. you know, this, you know, like, oh shit, he's doing something. There's other pathways out there, you know, like there are really good adventures around the corner if you just have the courage to go around that corner and have a look. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And to draw on, you know, your Tapuna who who spent so much time in the bush. You know, can you yeah, imagine bro. around Oporiki? Back in the day, yeah. you know, yeah, the bush bro. would have been their life and oh. getting around the, you know, imagine all those trails up through yeah. those hills that, that people have walked through for generations. Yeah, no hokers, though, eh? <laughs> no hokers, <laughs> no hokers. No <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's, that's there too. That, and that's like you yeah. say, like your your cousins and your nephews and nieces. That's that's in them too. That's in their fucker papa too. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, being fit and strong is in our is in our genetics. It's just yeah, mm. just got to do the right things and yeah, eat eat, eat well and exercise and yeah, breathe and go yeah. have adventures and yeah, yeah. smile. Yeah. Yeah, and smile, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard one when, when you're grinding, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is. Yeah. My, 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 my girlfriend always tells me sometimes when she looks at me when we run together, she goes, smile, smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Elliot Kipchoge, who's the fastest man in the world for the marathon, Kenyan, and he always runs with a smile on his face because he reckons it makes it easier you you know you're being positive, but also when you smile, people smile back at you, and then that yeah. makes you feel good. So yeah. so when you when you're smiling, you know, and you see people at the aid stations or yeah. supporters or whatever, if you're smiling, they'll smile, and you kind of get it's like a it's like a It'll circle. Yeah, 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 positivity circle. Yeah, yeah. Hey Charles, look, I've kept you long enough. I really really appreciate you you chatting to me i really really appreciate it and i and i you know take my hat off to you um it's an amazing journey you've been on but i do have to ask you one more thing and we ask everyone who comes on dirt church radio and that is charles what is your greatest run ever a run that you look back on and you go yeah it doesn't have to be a race it might just be some some little moment that stands out to you but a race a run that means a lot to you Would have been when I first um, went into the root burner. I didn't do the whole thing, but yeah, I went in there and it was it was absolutely stunning. Like it was, you'd think dinosaurs was going to come out out in the out of the bush. It was just unbelievable in there, bro. And the day was beautiful, and yeah, that was probably one of my favourite runs, and I always remember that run. Yeah. Wow. Always. Now, I haven't was, done haven't done the root burn, but people say it's the best best trail run in the country. 
I'll, oh, bro, like even when you first, just the first bit of it was just stunning for me. I just blew me away. Yeah, I, I love going back over there. Just me and my girlfriend go over there quite a bit and jump in the trails over there. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that was my- Brilliant. That's yours. Hey, look, thank you so, so much, Nami Hinui. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you do next. Cool. Hey, thanks. Thanks for you too, bro. You and the other bro for getting me on here. Sorry, I wasn't as interesting as <laughs> What? You were so. This has been a great chat. Thank you so much. Uh, cool, bro. Thank you, Charles. Yeah, thank um, you, brother, for holding that down for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got a bit on your plate. Um, it's been a big week for you, and no doubt there will be more big weeks ahead. So you take care mm. of yourself and um, your whānau. Mm. Um, and look, yeah. thank you all very much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love doing this. And it is a bright spot. So thank you so much. Uh, and we're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. Like and subscribe if you fancy. And you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. We love to hear from you. And you can read them on the website too. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster and CLE. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. And thanks to Wild Things. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned, Stay next, tuned week. next week. Yeah, we've got another great show lined up. Mate wa.